All right, let us pray. O God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, our only Savior and Prince of Peace, give us grace seriously to lay to heart the great dangers we are in by our unhappy divisions. Take away all hatred and prejudice, whatever else may hinder us from godly union and concord. That as there is but one body and one spirit, one hope of our calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of us all, so we may all be of one heart and one soul, united in one holy bond of truth and peace, faith and charity, maybe with one mind and one mouth glorified with you, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. <laughs> all right, so we are starting our series on what do people actually believe? What do we believe? What do others believe? Because there, believe it or not, are a lot of different opinions out there. You may not realize this, but Episcopalians are not the only people on the planet. Christians are not the only people on the planet. We may think we are sometimes, but we're not. So, I've asked for questions. We've got boxes around. My email is now full of questions, which is great. But if you were here last week, you remember that we kind of got a jump start. The question, what happens immediately after we die? Sure, that's not a hard question. We've all got that great answer. We all have, we all know, but you know, we never actually experienced it. There's a handful of people who have, who have died and through the grace of God were brought back to life. Um, but uh, yeah, we don't actually know and we're not taking any volunteers to test it out and see. <laughs> so we have to kind of go with inferences. What we've been told, what we know, what we know for a fact. Um, this is actually a great question to start off with. Because everybody, although we haven't experienced it, everybody's got an opinion. Everybody's got what they know happens immediately after we die. And so I want to be, I want to be clear. We're not talking about the vast future where Jesus comes back, new heaven, new earth, all of that. We get a pretty good picture of that in prophecy and revelation. Uh, we're talking about what happens between then and now. What happens from those who've died in the past? What are they up to now? And everybody's got their thoughts, got their theories, because, well, it is a very important question. It's one of those questions that keeps us up at night. Philosophers have had a lot to say on the subject. Um, you'll get people who, like Socrates and Plato, who believe that, well, people are special. Uh, and that when the body dies, because we have souls, the souls must live on somewhere. There is, uh, you might have heard of Immanuel Kant. Uh, 
He said that, well, if we have, if we're going to be moral people, if we're going to have any sense of morality, there has to be life after death. Because if there's nothing, if there's no one to judge us after we die, then what's the point? Pretty good argument. Our Muslim cousins, they believe that people have immortal souls, just like we do. Um, and that when, if you, once you die, you are immediately, your soul goes to, goes to God and you are judged. The good, the bad, and that they believe that God is gracious, but if it be God's grace and your works, outweigh the bad, well, congratulations, welcome to heaven. If not, I'm so sorry. Um, Buddhists believe that there is life after death, but that life is reincarnation. Where if you are, if you give up yourself enough and you follow the Eightfold Path, then eventually you will be reincarnated and then you'll go through that cycle, and it is a cycle of life and death and life and death, hopefully leading to a purification, to where one day you will be perfect, enlightened, you'll achieve nirvana, and that you won't have to be reincarnated again. It's a very similar thing with Hindus, where you are reincarnated, and depending on how good you are, that depends on how well you are being, what you're born again as. Your new birth will be something greater, or if you are bad, you will be something worse, uh, to, so that you can be purified uh, and made right and eventually achieve that enlightened state to where you don't have to be reincarnated again. But we're not Hindus, we're not Buddhists. Jewish cousins, uh, they there are lots of different thoughts and beliefs. Uh, there are some who believe that in the last day our bodies will be resurrected and there will be eternal life. Uh, the more prevalent in the U.S., this is it. This is all you've got. So make it good. Love God. God has given you one life to live, so live to be thankful. We've got a bunch of different ideas. Uh, our Mormon, second cousins, whatever, we're going to branch out. Uh, for them, Earth is a place of testing. And then when you die, praise the God, you will go back to the spirit world where you lived before you came to Earth for testing. And it's depending on the grace of God and how well you serve God, then you will go on to an eternal reward. We got some problems with that. Because, well, we were born and we'll die. There wasn't a spirit world where we were before. We started here. We come from the dust into the dust will return. So that takes care of people who have different beliefs. Now we come to the fun part, where we get to argue. Because, well, <laughs> we, we all read the Bible, and 
we all come to different conclusions. And it is very important for me to acknowledge, for you to know, that when we talk about groups of people, there are differences of beliefs in those groups. Uh, we're talking generalizations. Because just as I don't think any of us would agree 100% on one issue, nobody else is going to agree 100% on one issue. Because we're dealing with people with different opinions. But there are several different Christian beliefs about what happens immediately after we die. There are those who say, well, we will be resurrected on the last days. When Jesus comes back with glory to judge the quick and the dead, the dead in Christ will rise, and then we will go before God, and in his grace he will welcome us into the new heaven, the new earth, the new Jerusalem. But until that day, we're just kind of asleep. We go into what they call an, an intermediate state. We're not dead, but we're not alive. Our souls are just kind of resting. You may hear it called soul sleep, where we're just kind of, we're just chilling, not doing anything until we hear that trumpet wonder. And in that moment, the day of Christ will rise. And there are, there are issues with that. Um, we see we see Jesus talking to the thief on the cross saying, well, today you will be with me in paradise. There are those who can go to scripture and say, yeah, we can say that we are going to go into this intermediate state. But I'm going to go with the words of Jesus because, well, I like Jesus and I trust his words and say that today... You will be with me in paradise. You can make a case against either way, but I'm going to tell you what I believe. Here's well. I can because I have a microphone. <laughs> There's also an idea of purgatory. Purgatory comes from those little books in the middle. We don't hear about it in the Old Testament. We don't really hear about it in the New Testament. But we do get it in our apocryphal books. Those books that some people say are not the Word of God, but that we are still useful for doctrine, for teaching, for study. They're still very good, very useful. And purgatory is the idea that, well, God loves us, and he wants us, to, and he's called us to be with him, that God is holy, God is perfect, and we're not. And, though, and so Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, that sacrifice for us, makes it to where we can be with God. It is, we get that ticket, we get a passport, saying we have access to God's kingdom. But if we are going to be with God, we still need to we still need to be rid of our sins. We still need to be purified. And so you'll get people going like they'll do something and go, well, 
Yes, that's a couple more years of purgatory for you, but don't worry, I'll wait, I'll wait out the clock. And so we get the image of a great heavenly waiting room with a count, everybody's got a little countdown clock above their heads, and you're just waiting out that clock. You're just waiting, you're sitting. Um, yeah, it's not great, it's a little painful, um, but I mean, it's not, it's not hell. Uh, we can live with this because we know it's going to be temporary. Uh, there's a few problems with that as well. If we're going back to Jesus, today you will be with me in paradise. He was a thief. He was being executed. How is he going to be go through all of that and still be in the presence of God today? <laughs> That's where we the church fathers come in. Um, purgatory is not a place. They say it's a condition of existence. St. Pope John Paul II. He's got a lot of names now. So purgatory is not just a big heavenly waiting room, but it is something that we go through from the, between the time we die and to the time we are in front of Jesus. It could be it could be a long thing, but it could be like that. Because it's not just waiting out a clock. It is the purification that occurs when we die and we go before God. Hermie kind of talked about that last week where we talked about our Eastern Orthodox brothers who have some of them, once again, the whole big runs, long spectrum. Uh, we'll call them the heavenly tokens, where you go as your spirit, as your soul ascends to heaven, you go through the tokens, and there your, your sins are charged, you're tempted, you're tested, but as you go through them, you're purified. Before you get to the pearly gates. Okay. That is a big, long, wild thing. Because, well, this is a big concept, a wild concept. And we love the scientific method where we can test things and figure them out so we can come up with a hypothesis, test it, make sure it works, and then we say, yes, this is the law. We don't have too many of those for what happens immediately after we die. Because, well, it's kind of hard to test that and then test it again. So we, we kind of go with what we've seen, with what we know. But when we think about what happens after we die, between the moment we die and the final judgment, we think of it, we could be in heaven immediately. It could be a very long time. But that all kind of is based on our concept of time. If you want to get metaphysical, we're going to get metaphysical. Uh, because we experience time as a sunrise, sunset, seasons, years, weeks, days, for us, time is linear. We can't go back in time, no matter what movies or <laughs> comic books or classified ads you see. We can't go back in time. We can only go forward. Time marches on. 
But once we die, we are outside of that. You know, God doesn't have the same time that we do. Well, because God is not bound by the sun and the moon, years and seasons. God is God. When we die, we are no longer bound by days, weeks, months, years, seasons, sun, moon, any of that. And so what could feel like millennia could be an instant. Could be an instant. Could feel like millennia. And how the Bible says that for God, a thousand years is like a second, and a second is like a thousand years. Can be like that for us. Because we are not bound by this earth anymore. So no matter if there is a purgatory, and I'm not going to give you a definite answer, because, well, I want you to think. I want you to figure it out. That's, that's how we work. That's how we come up with that. What we believe, what we know. If somebody's just telling you this is the gospel truth, and you have to accept it, there's a time and place for that. But that can also be dangerous. So when I ever I tell you something, I want you to think about it. I want you to, I want you to wrestle with it. I want you to come, I want you to come to me and say, I don't know if that's right. And then I will tell you exactly why it's right, why I am right. <laughs> <laughs> The Episcopal Church does. The Episcopal Church does or does not? We we come from a because the Episcopal Church we sit in between two poles. We sit between Rome, who has the official position of purgatory. We also sit kind of between the official between the Reformation, the Reformed, who. They say, absolutely not. You die, you're immediately before God. We are a big white group of people from both camps. So even if we did have an official position, half of the people aren't going to support it. So we, we want you to think. We want you to reason. We want you to figure it out. What do you, we want to know what do you believe. But we do have an official position. In our official positions, we don't know yet. One day we'll know. And it also is one of those things that what different stuff it makes when you really think about it, because God's in control and it's going to be right. <laughs> yeah, ultimately our position is God is good, God is gracious, and while we're still sinners, Christ died for us. And so, whatever happens between the moment we die and the moment Jesus comes back, it's ultimately not really going to matter because in the end, those who have been saved by Christ will be with Christ. And so whatever happens in between, that is, that's just picking the roadmap to get there. This is one of the few times where the destination is more important than the journey. So, whether we die and we wait until Jesus comes back, 
until we die. And personally, I am going to tell you what I believe. We die and we are immediately before the throne of God. It's going to be okay. Because Jesus has called us as his own. He takes care of those. He takes care of his own. And so, whatever happens in between, tell me. Whoever goes first, come back and tell me. comes back, we are raised with new bodies. Whether they're superhero bodies or, or, or if they don't even look like these bodies at all, we're going to have new ones. So take hope in that. But yeah, it is a fascinating question because there are lots of different ideas with and some people have great answers some people have some wild answers <laughs> that are great in their own way they're great in their wildness their funniness but ultimately you know that God is good and that we are his and whatever happens in between now and then ultimately will not matter because we will be before the throne of God, a new heaven and a new earth, and everything else is going to be, well, it's going to be just a blip. So, yeah, any thoughts, questions? Did that raise any more questions? Ultimately, it's trusting God. makes me think of like having my wisdom teeth out. I went under and then I woke up and 72 hours had passed. Because, well, they kept me asleep. Not in the dentist's office. I went home. <laughs> but the medicine there, you can either be in pain or you can be asleep. I wouldn't have known. I wouldn't have known because, well, I was out of it. And I highly encourage sleeping for 72 hours. You feel, you feel weird. Good. Yeah, we don't know. Because, well, we haven't experienced it yet. But we do know what we've, what we've been promised. 
And that's all that really matters. So this week, take open that. And also be sending me more questions because we can keep going. Yeah. I've just been on this sanctification thing for about 20 years. Some way behind else. But the longer I'm on this way, the simpler it becomes. It's easier. I started out, I was told that by Christians that we don't believe the world is older than 6,000 years, you're going to hell, you know, and I've heard different things like that, just on and on and on. And I don't worry about any of those things anymore. I know what it takes for me to get to heaven, and I'm not smart enough to figure out all what happens during the end of times, you know. Nobody agrees on that. There's so many things that people don't agree on. I know what I believe, and when I used to worry about my Jewish friends and, and people that lived in Africa and never heard the name Jesus, I used to worry about them. I don't worry about them anymore because my God is a loving God, and I think you always have a shot. Maybe it's during one of these times, purgatory here or there, but I also believe that all my heart that. When we die, what's going to happen is that we're going to, God's going to give us everything we need until he doesn't. You take a breath, you got it. You got through this day. You don't take a breath, then you get everything you want, and it's immediately if you're prepared. And I, nobody feels that they've died and gone to purgatory. The people that have these experiences, they've died and they're in a wonderful place. But nobody says, oh, I... <laughs> that, that wasn't much fun. <laughs> and, and it's, and it's, it's just a time. It's, time is a blink. could be a thousand years. Yeah. Anyway, I'm good with all of this. Yeah. yeah, nobody writes books about dying and going to purgatory, mainly because... That's not going to sell a whole lot of books. <laughs> so yeah, but we know that no matter what, the Jesus who's died for us, his, his death, burial, resurrection, and ascension, if it's good enough to get us in there, it's good enough to sanctify us. The sanctifying work of Jesus has no limits. And ultimately, that's what we put our trust and hope in. Because that's all we can. So yeah, so be back next week. We've got more good stuff. I've I've got ideas, but I'm not going to commit to them because, well, I want to see what other questions roll in this week. So So go in peace to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God.